0: I chose to meet Humphrey for the first time. I decided that it would only be appropriate to meet someone as equally as insipid as his general being. We'd arranged to go for dinner and it was up for me to choose the restaurant. There are many Ed's diners in London, but the one I chose in an Angel, situated in a monotonous shopping complex built 14 years ago, Ed's website describes the chain as a funky diner with a 1950s vibe, serving burgers, hot dogs and American comfort food. There is something particularly distasteful about the irony to a retro restaurant neighbored by the most commercially popular phone shops and fashion chains that are filled the clothes probably made by Bangladeshi children. I was already 15 minutes late to meet Humpty when I walked up the stairs to the first floor restaurant. The songs of a nostalgic past that even our grandparents can probably hardly remember hearing during they weeks stagnated in the air. Cheaply framed record covers hung on the walls alongside cheerful mid-century Coca-Cola adverts. The interiors made vague efforts towards claiming some sort of historical accuracy, but failed to achieve any kind of authenticity. Humphrey was sitting alone at the end of the almost empty diner, inside a red pleather booth and next to a large window, with a view of the shopping centre at brush hour. My high heels landed loudly on the black and white tiled floor and he froze when he heard me before lifting his head to watch me walk towards him. The waiters played on their phones. As he watched me approach, he seemed instantly panicked, but it was hard to work out whether this look of anxiety was simply the natural disposition of his frail facial features or not. Humphrey's eyes looked as if they might ever so slightly want to pop out of his face. Facing him, I began to unbutton my coat in silence before I sat down. He wasn't sure whether to get up or greet me, so for a moment he levitated his body in an awkward motion before resting again and mumbling vague greetings. Humphrey's face is so forgettable, so intrinsically English in its palatable mousy demeanour that it's difficult to imagine him having a conversation about anything other than what's currently happening in mainstream media. He is shorter than average, at about 5 foot eight, thirty four 34 years old. And he grew up in an idyllic part of the south of England. Now he owns a brand new apartment in the middle of some radically lifeless gentrification in an area of central London that currently exists mainly as a building site for half-completed, multi-million pound high-rises, each of which possesses an aesthetic of barren sterility and a proximity to carefully planned areas filled with restaurants and wine bars. His job has something to do with media, marketing, communication... And production. But that could essentially mean anything. There's four words sitting next to one another inside like a lightning bolt of tedium into my soul. What exactly does this mean? What does he do all day? And does he, or anyone for this matter, get any fulfillment out of this? While speaking online, Humphrey told me that he voted for the Conservatives in the last election, which is the right wing party, and he was privately educated. He completed his degree at a coastal university and then went on to gain a masters. He is single and often travels from work. I suppose he thinks that makes him successful, right? Okay. A female waitress came over to take our order. She had a Czech accent and a sweet but very broad attitude. He is incredibly hungry this evening and he has a huge appetite. So he would love to have the double cheeseburger with bacon and a fried egg. I paused and peered at him before finishing my sentence. Oh, but it's essential that he has extra fries. And we can't forget extra onion rings to go with that. I prolonged the X sound every time I said extra. And I think we're gonna have to get a side of baked beans to go with that too, I exclaimed. I examined the back of the menu and took my time choosing his next order. To go with that, he's also going to have a chocolate milkshake. I inspected the menu for another five seconds. The waitress began to look a little confused. We really can't forget to add malt to the milkshake, and he's going to have an extra large Coca-Cola too. However, I'm nowhere near as hungry as him, so I'll just be sensible and have a green salad and a mineral water, please. <laughs> the waitress left, clearly confused over why I'd ordered for him, and Humphrey instantly said. Thank you, Mistress Rebecca. Those were wonderful choices. <laughs> I looked at him with semi disgust Although my work as a dominatrix is predominantly concerned with maintaining a power balance and remaining in character, Humphrey really does revolt me. However, I have a perversely mundane fascination with him. The usual stereotypes of BDSM often feel too affected for me to participate in, but searching out instinctual formations and unconventionality, sexual or not, has always been one of my biggest passions. Humphrey approached me on a fetish website under the username Humpty Dumpty. He had messaged me many times before I decided to reply. He is eager to please me. For his profile picture, he appeared to be wearing a suit with his chin pushed towards his collarbone and chest pushed out to suggest that he's physically rounder than he naturally is. We began to speak on Skype and I decided that he should order Indian food, which would be followed by me ordering him to eat over a video call. Humphrey, or as we shall now call him, Humpty, told me all about his serious dedication to being fed. It's not so uncommon to hear feeders in the fetish world, predominantly for the controversy surrounding the concept of both parties getting erotic pleasure from making one-half monstrously overweight. This fetish is best known for being associated with men feeding women, most often resulting in a stereotype of misogynistic abuse, both physically and sexually, where the woman becomes so large she can't move. He had told me online that he was aiming to lose mobility from feeding, that he was willing to relocate for this goal, and that it was only through a sadistic woman controlling and humiliating him that he would become, in his words, the fat pig that he's always dreamed of. <laughs> his weight gain would turn him into a humiliating spectacle, and it would be through the dominatrix's control that he would become trapped inside his own body. The imprisonment within his own flubbery skin was his obsession. His lackluster burger arrived, wobbling inside with a dry selection of chips littering it. He went to pick up the milkshake. Before he did the chance, I stopped him. Did I tell you you could drink that? I stared at him straight in the eyes for the first time, which made him shiver faintly before dropping his glance to the floor. No, mistress, I'm sorry, mistress. You can now. Thank you, mistress. Start with the burger. Thank you, mistress. Humphrey had already told me online all about how this has been an obsession of his since as far back as he could remember. As a small child, he has some hazy recollection of a nanny trying to get him out of a high chair and him getting stuck in there. The sensation of his body being too large to escape has stayed with him ever since. A few years later, he became vaguely ill, losing weight and not putting any on for a few years. This has enraptured him with memories of the women in his family constantly feeding him. The way he told me these stories felt like he was indulging me with special information, as if I should care or even feel sorry for him. Humpty's sad, small hands grasped onto his burger, and he said, You look very beautiful this evening, mistress. I rolled my eyes and stared at the commuters walking in and out of the pret a as they ignored a woman begging through the window. Receiving a compliment from a submissive is very much like receiving a very dated greetings card, Good intentions, but empty, with the ability to make you cringe. (laughs) Mistress, I have a question, but could I ask your permission? You have permission. Thank you, Mistress. Are you a female supremacist? For a moment, I thought that Humpty may be trying to challenge me. If I say no, I'll lose a certain level of dominance only to discover that he's a secret sexist, using the setup to get his own twisted revenge for women rejecting him in his life. Or I could say yes and play into his fantasy, which I really didn't think he deserved. Of course I'm not a female supremacist, because I'm not a fascist. I believe in equality. But unfortunately, its existence between the sexes is ridiculously far-fetched, even for the luckiest of women. I love men. I stopped and looked at him. Well, the right men anyway. <laughs> he said, you know, I'm ready to give up everything for this. I'll move away from my friends and family. Change my work so I only have to work from home. This means no one will see the flabby mass that I become. I want to give you total control of my body. I know, I said, meeting his beady eyes. You must realize now that everything I do is good for you. When you're in my presence, everything means that I am correct. Do you consent to this? He was now halfway through his burger and I nonchalantly picked up my crisp salad. Oh, absolutely, mistress. Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. You're so wonderful and I'm so pathetic. I can't believe how beautiful you are. I'm in awe of you. I have no limits, but I believe you could push me to them. I want you to punish me. <laughs> there was something irritating about hunting. The kind of annoyance that you only get from really conventional people after they get short-tempered when you misunderstand their simple desires. Or perhaps it's the irritation you feel from someone whose opinions and tastes you wholeheartedly know you disagree with. An awareness of your own effort towards them can only ever really reach so far. The concept of a submissive in the, piece, the place of a cis, male, white, heterosexual, upper-middle-class privilege is endlessly fascinating. It's a total role reversal from everything they've been fed. The individual who has everything, every opportunity, every form of gratitude, then superficially rejecting it as they please. Mistress, I'm you to know that I hate male ego. I've even stopped important friendships because of it. He was about to start speaking again. Carry on eating, I ordered. Yes, mistress. Sorry, mistress. Elvis Presley's version of Hound Dog started playing on the jukebox and no one in the diner reacted to its sounds. He finished his burger wiping solidified egg yolk from his chin and looking at me timidly from below his eyebrows. Finish what you're saying, but drink some milkshake first. He was wearing a bland shirt. I wasn't sure if he'd chosen to wear a shirt a bit too small for him or not as the buttons started to stretch, revealing the grey of his t-shirt underneath. It's important to now mention that Humpty is in no way overweight. He's really very average, in no way he's fit. He's a bit loose, definitely possesses small love handles and lacks any definition. Is this something you think you could achieve with me, mistress, to make me really very large? He pleaded. I purposely dodged eye contact and sighed. "'Yes, but this is a long-term goal,' I said. "'What has to change now is your attitude to food. "'Before today, you've been photographing your meals for me and sending them to me. "'You were eating an average amount of food. "'I see photos where you have two pieces of toast and a banana for breakfast. "'I don't know how seriously you're taking any of this. "'I cannot tolerate you wasting my time. "'I told you you need to be eating things like eggs, bacon, pancakes instead.' "'Oh, mistress, I really am. "'I've already noticed the changes.' My body already feels loose since we began speaking online last week, but what I really want is a woman to have made me this large. I can't do it alone. <laughs> Before we met, I made Humpty create a blog where he posted photos of all the food he ate over the last week. It was true, his intake of food is totally normal. You're not trying hard enough, I affirmed. I want to please you, mistress, but I recently read that processed meats can cause cancer. I'd rather stick to healthier fats like avocado, nuts and yoghurt instead. (laughs) I stared at Humpty totally deadpan. Are you wasting my time? I asked. Humpty trembled melodramatically. No, mistress, I'd never waste your precious time. Considering that Humpty wants to become so large that he can't even leave his bedroom, the idea of him rejecting bacon was irritating at best. Now it was time for thin chips. I made him pour the baked beans over them. By this point I already finished my salad and made a point of asking the waitress to come and collect my plate while Humpty struggled on. Two men in office appropriate clothing walked into the diner and sat at a booth across from us. Humpty immediately seemed uncomfortable. He'd asked me to choose a restaurant where it would be unlikely that we'd see anyone he knew and that being served by a man would ruin his appetite. I paid no attention to his annoyance at the new presence of men. There is something very frustrating about you, I said. In one way, you are besotted with this idea, but on the other hand, you consider it with such calculation. You're not only making it impossible for me, but, you you're not only making it impossible for yourself, sorry, but more importantly, you're making it impossible for me. Mistress, I promise you that I'm serious. I've thought about this forever. This is a lifestyle fetish. I've just been waiting to find the right woman to help me. Keep on eating, I said. Oh, mistress, is starting to be a bit gross. The baked beans are cold, he said with a slight moan. I don't care. Don't waste food. Humpty was frustrating me even more. Submissives, in essence, are usually irritating, especially if they aren't behaving correctly. But I couldn't help confusing. My feelings was his general pathetic nature with his elitism and comfort. I began to wonder how much of this is about him being bored. So comfortable and accepted in everything his life that he's had to create an abnormality to chase. The illness of a class within masculinity conforming to enterprising ideas and then morphing into non-conscious eccentricity. I ordered a black coffee and looked at my new manicure. So, if you consider yourself a female supremacist, please tell me about all the women you admire. He almost choked on his words before blurting out Janice Joplin, Then stopping to reconsider whether this would be an appropriate answer or not. I rolled my eyes. I'm a great fan of women in music like Patti Smith, and Debbie Harry. They were fearless and original women and music, mistress. Humpty was hardly preaching the bravery and integrity of women such as the Suffragettes or sata Shakur, which only alluded to the possibility that his interest in female supremacy was probably more of a fantasy than something he actually wants to implement into society. I decided to ignore Humpty's answer because it was a conversation that seemed instantly futile. Out of Humpty's entirely beige persona, his interest in new ways in music grants him more of a personality, but whose favourite band is Blondie? <laughs> Humpty's plate of inauthentic food was becoming less and less appealing it's as his pink hands dissected what was remaining on the plate. He told me once that one of his all-time fancies was to be humiliated in front of a female waitress by a beautiful dominatrix as she ordered food for him. Prior to our dinner, I'd had to call the diner requesting a woman to serve us. The waitress came over to collect Humpty's plate. He really enjoyed gorging on that meal, and I can assure you that he'll absolutely be having dessert too. The waitress laughed nervously. Humpty's small bulging eyes stared at his crumpled napkin in shame as we were both handed menus. I immediately took the menu away from Humpty adding to his embarrassment, and then traced my index finger of the laminated paper trying to work out which dessert would be the most decadent, sickly and dense. Attention was growing while I once again purposely looked at the menu for too long, leaving both Humpty and the waitress in silence. I then realised it was now time to push Humpty. Without taking my eyes away from the menu, I said, Why haven't you thank the waitress here? I could sense Humpty's body quiver as he pathetically murmured a thank you. Now I looked at him. That's not good enough. Say it louder. Treat this woman with more respect for what she's done for you. <laughs> yes, thank you ever so much. The dinner was delicious. Thank you for serving me. <laughs> the waitress had no idea how to react. And to save from any embarrassment, I gave her a reassuring smile and then said, He'll have chocolate fudge brownie and extra vanilla ice cream. And I'll just have another glass of water, please. <laughs> Once the waitress walked away, Humpty blurted out, Thank you, mistress. a fantastic choice, mistress. I stared into Humpty's small eyes. There's something I need to talk to you about. We've previously discussed your political views. You've stated that you recently voted for the Conservative Party in the last election. I'm finding it difficult to connect these traditional ideas with your interest with fetish and female empowerment. Can you dilemma between these concepts? Mistress, may I ask why you need to know about my views? What has this got to do with my feeding? I must understand all of my submissive's views and social backgrounds to truly grasp their masculinity. Humpty Coffee nodded. Then something strange happened. Where the submissive had been utterly obedient the whole evening, the aspects of his life, which so far have only been stated as unfortunate advantages, started to emerge. I was struck with that emotive feeling when you remember that the royal family actually exists, it was coming to surface. Well, mistress, I knew that this current political party would do the best that it could for the market. In no way could the Labour Party save our economy. Humphrey pushed his shoulders back, seemingly becoming more relaxed and confident in his blue-blooded delivery. If a country is financially stable, which Britain has not been, then the whole country can progress together. But these cuts to government spending have had to happen. Of course, Humpty's ideas made sense to him, because a ruthlessly neoliberal conservative government only advantages his future, while the rest of contemporary Britain has to face a burden that we still have a class system and its harrowing divisions more regimented than ever. Humpty's ecstatic dialogue felt like cement being poured into my soul. Could people really be this resolute in their damaging views? As more and more women die because of our government's domestic violence services dwindling countrywide, women are increasingly dying at the hands of their violent partners. Homelessness is rising to dystopian levels. An unprecedented amount of people are dependent on food banks, whether they be individuals unfit to work, forced to endure arduous work days because of benefit cuts, or people unable to bear the growing indignity of unemployment. Humpty's ignorance was blazing. His dessert arrived, and as the waitress placed his plate on the table, Humpty admired his food. I noticed the two men opposite us stare at the waitress and silently congratulate each other for their mutual inspection of the waitress's body. I gave him permission to start. As I watched his baby blue shirt bulge and tussled mousy hair float above his fleshy head, I decided there was only one direction to take this relationship. (laughs) Through domination, it was going to be my job to turn him into a socialist. (laughs) A form of compassion towards my submissive. This transformation would not only noticeably benefit him, but also society at large. If it is his desire to please me, what could possibly please me more than him becoming a more considerate and progressive human? How much would I enjoy challenging his fantasy of female empowerment? Is there really anything more atrocious than someone using a political issue as a fetish and then not practicing it in their life? This is delicious, mistress, a small globule of ice cream dribbled at the corner of his thin lips. "'You know how much you want to make me happy, don't you?' I asked. "'Oh, yes, mistress. Seeing you happy makes me happy. "'I would do anything for you,' he said the words at a level of total, disgusting sycophanticism. "'Good. Then I want you to explore this idea of female supremacy more.' His eyes widened, and he seemed excited in a way that only a private school boy could be capable of. (laughs) "'Oh, mistress, that would be fantastic. Thank you so much, mistress.' I want you to write me an essay on a woman that you admire and send it to me by midnight. Oh, mistress, that would be so very exciting and fulfilling. You've the best ideas and you're so very clever. As Humpty was finishing the last few mouthfuls of his dull dessert, I asked the waitress for the cheque. Mistress, I must say, I am impressed by how dominant you are. I wasn't initially knowing what to expect. It's always a bit of a risk when meeting a dominatrix for the first time. As a young teenager, I remember when I first began to understand my own views. How can an opinion be thorough if you don't surround yourself with as many different people from as many different backgrounds as possible? You have to understand everyone and then decide what matters to you. And could this be any more true than within this scenario? As the waitress walked towards us with the cheque, I stood up and pulled my coat on. She handed him the card reader and he placed his card in the machine as I did my buttons up. Give me your wallet, I said. He immediately handed it to me, and I took out some notes and handed it to the waitress. Thank you for giving us such a wonderful evening, I said to her. Then I looked at Humpty. I'm going now. Don't contact me again until you finish the piece of writing. Humpty shuddered in embarrassment, and blood rushed to his creamy, salmon-coloured face. Not expecting my swift departure, and not knowing whether to ask me to wait with him as he paid or not, he looked truly pathetic. I smiled at the waitress and thanked her while blanking Humpty and walking out of the diner. Gracias,